0: my eyes to see your majesty, to be still and know you're in this place. Please let me stay and rest in your holiness. Word of God speak. Happy Tuesday and day after Christmas. Welcome to the Daily Walk. How is everybody today? After a great Christmas day, I hope you had. We had a great Christmas. It was good being with our family. Our kids were home, and a lot of them were. And it was just a good day. And we got to see a lot of grandkids. I missed a lot of grandkids, too. But it was a good day. It was near 60 where we live which is not normal normally it's 20 or 30 degrees so it was a good day so we hope you had a good day today on the daily walk you are nearing the end of the bible you have one week left and you will have read the bible from cover to cover and today we are in revelation eight and nine and i hope you're enjoying this i hope we are Discussing it in ways you can comprehend because a lot of people get freaked out over Revelation and just the whole. And we're taking Revelation fairly topically because we're not trying to delve into it too far uh, because it can, it is deep. It can get real deep, uh, but there is a lot to take from the surface, too. That's why we read the Bible over and over and over. So, today in 8 and 9, you know, we had just broken the the six seals. Today we're going to break the seventh seal of the scroll. And, you know, the lamb was the one breaking the seal, right? Worthy is the lamb. Worthy is the lamb. Whoa, holy. That's what the 24 elders and the four living beings would always sing to him right so i I have to think when he's breaking the seal they're singing this in the background you know i have a friend that when he speaks on his meetings our zoom meetings and a lot of times when he does services he likes background music so i think that might be appropriate that they're singing in the background so the lamb breaks the seventh seal today and it says right off the bat, when the lamb broke the seventh seal, there was silence throughout heaven for about half an hour. Now, there's a lot of things to consider there. A half an hour to us is 30 minutes, right? But remember that we were told that a day is like a thousand years and and a year is like a thousand. A year is like a thousand years and a thousand years is like a year to the Lord. So what's 30 minutes? You know, what's a half an hour to the Lord? That that we can't really put into a perspective that we get, right? Is that our half an hour? I mean, we kinda gotta ponder that, right? And I talked about pondering on Christmas Eve at our church, which is available on YouTube. So, the one thing we want to get from that is this. All of heaven was quiet. And when we are seeking the Lord, we need to seek the Lord in silent reverence. And he sees seven angels. This is John. He sees seven angels stand before God. It was seven trumpets. Now, seven, 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 right? In Hebrew, seven was considered a sacred symbol, all right? And it was considered perfection. So we will always see a lot of times seven. You know, if we go back to what Jesus, when Jesus was speaking, They would always say, hey, how many times should I forgive someone? Seven times. And Jesus said, no, seven times seven. Actually, he said seven times 70. (laughs) You know, and, and that's the time they said, oh, well, help me get stronger in my faith. You know, it's the one time that they wanted to get stronger in their faith because forgiveness, people have a hard time forgiving. And so all of heaven gets quiet as they seek the Lord. And so an angel with a gold incense burner came and stood at the altar. And with that gold incense burner, was given to him with a mix of prayers of God's people. So all of God's intercessors has the are, their prayers are in heaven, right? They what's what's so cool is when we pray corporately and we pray for others, God hears them and they're all there, right? And so there's this mix of all the intercessor prayers in this m- Picture this, smoke from the incense and all of heaven is there and they're in God's hands, right? And the prayers of God's holy people ascended up to God from the altar where the angel had poured them out. And then the angel filled the incense burner with fire from this altar where all of our prayers have met. And he filled the, incense burner with fire from there. So there's fire and coal and he, you know, embers, so to speak. And he threw it on the earth and it thunder and lightning crashed and flashed and there was a terrible earthquake. What this is representing, that's Revelation 8 verse 5, is the absolute judgment of God that it's coming, that it's coming, all right? When he sees this picture of the angel throwing uh, these fire numbers down upon the earth from the altar of the prayers of the people, that's the absolute judgment of God coming down upon the earth. And I just think that's really cool how you know, hey it's coming. We always talk about it. And I what is that's the greatest thing to me. I don't want Josh Mukatelli judging me. I only want God to have the final say in me, not someone else, all right? So then the seven angels with the seven trumpets prepare to blow them, right? And they, they blow them with significance, right? So they blow these trumpets for reasons. One, to announce God's coming, wants to prepare the warriors of for battle between good and evil, right? And two, or three, to say, all right, it is time, judgment is upon us, all right? So all this stuff has taken place at the sound of the trumpet you know, and just think about the greatest thing. That sound of the trumpet says, you know, the finality is here, so here he comes. <laughs> so we already said if God is for us, who can be against us? So if we know that the trumpet's coming, and here he comes, and we know that the battle's beginning, right, Then, and we know that if God is for us, who can be against us? then we know that if we are believers in Jesus Christ, then war on, boys, because we know who wins, right? We know. And I watched one time uh, two schools battle for uh, a regional championship. This is so cool because this just came to me and I'm sitting in the bleachers it was a volleyball championship, and I didn't know much about, I mean, I really don't know a lot about volleyball. My wife was a D1 recruit for volleyball, was a captain of her volleyball squad, and she knows a lot, but I don't know much. And uh, one of the schools was called the Blue Devils, and the other one was called the Tribe of Judah. <laughs> And I'm just thinking, you know, and the tribe of Judah got behind to the blue devils, and they were actually the one seed, and I'm just thinking, wait a minute, we got literally the lion versus the devil. We got good versus evil, I mean, metaphorically speaking, and I'm like, wait a minute, Good can't lose to evil. And I already know the lamb wins. There's no way the tribe of Judah can lose to devils. And I'm just kind of chuckling about that, but I'm just thinking, no, this can't happen. (laughs) And after the story ended, the tribe of Judah did win that championship, but it was just like, and I know their coach really well. He's in a worship team that uh, my daughter was in and I helped with some stuff and I, I just told him, I said, you know, I was sitting in the in the stands and all I could think was, the lamb wins and he looked at me and he just smiled and I said, I mean, look at look what the circumstances are. You got the Lion of Judah playing Blue Devils and I'm like, the lamb wins. And he just smiled. And I was just thinking about that. So if we go to battle, see all this persecution's coming, and it's really God trying to get our attention. When we look at these seven seals, we're going to see a very much a lot of stuff or the seven trumpets blown after the seven seals broke. We're going to see that it's a lot like back in the days of oppression for the Hebrew people in Egypt. Because God's just trying to get our attention. Remember, in in 1 Peter or James, he says, I'm not slow about coming. I just want to see more people saved. Because God loves us so much, he just wants to see more people come to be saved. So the first angel blows this trumpet, and hail and fire mixed with blood were thrown down on the earth. And one-third of the earth was set on fire, and one-third of the trees... and w- that's a third. What that is, is that's showing that it's not the final countdown. It's just partial judgment. And, you know, we have to look at that and we think about, look at all the wildfires that happen in the world. I mean, look at all the wildfires that have happened in our country lately where a lot of things get damaged. I mean, I mean we can see that. Is that God throwing it down on us? Probably not. But if we just think about it, those things start. You know, we see Smokey the Bear saying, don't start forest fires. Those things start with just a spark. And yet people still get careless. And we're doing things. And we see firefighters, you know, uh, those jumpers would i don't even know what they call them i i should pay better attention but you know the the firefighters that go out into the to the wilderness and fight fires for the forest fires you know we lose those guys we've lost firefighters to house fires we i've had guys that i know when i was on shift with get hurt and fires and they're no longer serving because they're on disability from it so i mean this is just a warning you know this is not final judgment but it's coming you know and then the second angel blows his trumpet and a great mountain of fire was thrown into the sea so one third of the water in the sea became blood one third of the things in the sea died and one third of the ships in the sea were destroyed You know, and and it's like, I've not seen where the stuff turns blood, but I've seen where, you know, the fish just show up dead. They had something about that somewhere where the fish were dying. We saw it on a, a news article just recently, you know, within the last couple of years where the fish were dying. They don't know why. You know, if you watch Deadliest Catch ever on Discovery, you see where those ships get destroyed all the time, you know. And that movie, Perfect Storm, we lose those guys all the time. And it's like, it's not final judgment, but it's stuff that happens, and we have to be ready. The Lord's just trying to get us to say, hey look, we never know when the day is, so we gotta be ready. And then the third angel blows his trumpet, and a great star fell from the sky, burning like a torch. It fell on one third of the rivers and springs and the name of the star was Bitterness. Uh-oh. <laughs> and it made one third of the water bitter, and many people died from drinking the bitter water. See, we we have so many places where the water has been made unclean. Look at that whole Michigan thing where the water was not drinkable, and we're, we're sending water in by, by, by truckloads in bottled water so they can have just good drinking water. You know we have local schools that they can't drink the water because it's got lead in it and they can't drink it. So this stuff, I mean, we look at this and we think, "Oh, it's so apocalyptic." But it's not. It's happening. And it we're it's the Lord just trying to get our attention. He's not it's not final judgment. It's just like, "Look, you guys have turned from me, so I have allowed you to get your way. This goes back to prophecy in Isaiah and Jeremiah. This is just the Lord saying, you, you have the will of yourself. You have your freedom of choice. This is free will enacted. And when free will enacted without the Lord is in it, this, these things happen. And we always want to blame God. But the fact is, It's the repercussion of our own choices. And so he's just kind of revealing it all here through this revelation to John. Look what happens. (laughs) And so, you know, don't shoot the messenger. The fourth trumpet blows, and a third of the sun was struck, and one third of the moon, and one third of the stars, and they all became dark. And one third of the day was dark, one third of the night was dark oh you know I mean think about especially you know I always think of 911 which I've already alluded to but think about Jerusalem and Gaza Israel and Gaza right now and Philistine you know those people are going through it they're living it right now and that's really in their mind and in the Bible that's God's chosen people and, you know, the sun and the moon and the stars, you can't see them half the time because they're shelling each other, you know, and it's happening. So here's what's interesting. It says, then John sees and heard a large single eagle crying loudly as it flew through the air. All right. That eagle flying through the air is the eagle that just is crying out, telling us, hey, look to the Lord. Look to the Lord. He's the eagle, you know, that gives us hope. He's the eagle that says, there's still time. He's the eagle that says, there's more calamity coming, but if you look to the Lord and make him Lord of your life, <laughs> things can get better. And so, and you'll persevere bigger than anything. So the fifth angel blows his trumpet in chapter nine, and he's, John sees a star falling from heaven, And that star falling from heaven, that doesn't necessarily mean falling like a bad thing because he's given the key to open the bottomless pit. All right? We know the bottomless pit is hell, right? So he's not going to give a key to a bad guy. So we don't know if the star is an angel sent, you know, like uh, the archangel Michael is his warrior, or it could have been Christ even, who went down and was given that power but he describes it like that, and when he opened it, the bottomless pit, you know, it's got smoke coming out of it, and uh, it was like a huge furnace, that's how it's described, and then these locusts come out. Now, here's what's interesting, the, whole, the locusts are told not to harm the grass or plants or trees, which, you know, is what locusts usually do but only harm the people who did not have the seal of God on their foreheads. Now, remember, a couple chapters ago, we talked about the seal. God wanted to place the seal on his people. And this was the seal, you know, it gave a number, 144,000, but really it was in people in completeness, the completeness of God's people. Excuse me. So if we look at that, is your face shining with the glory of God, basically. Think about Moses after he's in the presence of God and he comes down from Mount Sinai and he, he, he's in the Lord, been in the Lord's presence so much that his face shines that he has to put a veil on. So if we put a mark on ourselves, if we get a mark from the Lord, then we are marked with his presence and it shines so people know, right? Well, an angel's going to know for sure because the Lord has marked us because we have this relationship with him. We have found the other key. Remember, he holds the key of David. So now we have the key, and I talked about that Sunday as well. It's more to just know God because even Satan knows God. It's more to have that second key where we bring the two keys together, they interlock, and they open that fold to the relationship. <coughs> And we are one with Christ. Woo, that's exciting to me. All right, so then we are marked. Boom, we are marked. But boy, are we marked more than one. We are marked for God in the fact that God knows who we are and all his people know who we are because we have that mark on us that says, hey, he's my chosen one. But we're marked by God to people because they see the difference in us. They see it all over our face because we're marked with the love of Jesus and if we're really, really living the life of Jesus, then you know persecution can come your way. People will ask questions, what different about you, and things like that. All right. So when they release these locusts, they're only supposed to harm the people who don't have their seal. So it's important here to note that unless you're living the life that God wants you to live, it's going to be treacherous. And here's what's important to note about these locusts, because Revelation gives a very good description of them. They look like horses prepared for battle. These are locusts, okay? They had what looked like crowns on their heads, and their faces looked like human faces. This is locusts they're describing. They had hair like women's hair and teeth like the teeth of a lion. They wore armor made of iron and their wings roared like an army of chariots rushing into battle. They had tails that stung like scorpions and for five months they had the power to torment people. See, they're described that way because they're demonic and they're described that way because they're evil. That so God's trying to paint a picture here that says, look, these principalities of Satan's are not good things. They're they're evil. So these things that we worship instead of God, they bring you disaster. And they will bring you harm so these things in our life today that we worship instead of God these things that we put before God these things that separate us from God every day every day (coughs) excuse me and that we think are more important than the Lord because so that that's what keeps us from church that's what keeps us from praying that's what keeps us from giving the way the Lord wants us to give that's what we put all our time effort and money in those things are demonic, and that's how they're that's how they're described here in this section, Revelation nine verses seven through ten. And if we could think of that stuff as how God sees it, then maybe we would come into a right relationship with Him, because their king is an angel from the bottomless pit. Uh oh. Angel, you say angel from the bottomless pit? Yes, Satan himself was a fallen angel that did disobeyed God and God kicks him out of heaven and that is in the Bible. I found it, going through it and I highlighted it. I I think we're gonna get that out of here eventually. And his name in Hebrew is Abaddon and in Greek, Apollyon, the destroyer. The first terror is past, but look, two more terrors are coming. All right? That's the fifth trumpet. He is Satan. That's the king of this world. And Jesus said, if you're a friend of this world, you're no friend of mine. If you love this world, you can't love me. He said that and then he shows John this description of you know the idols we have in this world these demonic things that come they are demonic they 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 take the place of me and all they want to do remember John 10:10 10, 10, written by the same guy the thief comes to steal kill and destroy There's no mistake that that word destroys in there because that's part of his name. Apollyon is destroyer. And he's what's plaguing us right here. Remember one of the plagues back in the day of Pharaoh and the people, against the Hebrews and the Egyptians was locusts. And even though they didn't, harm the people directly they harm the people because they destroyed everything that the people relied on to survive and so what this does is it paints the picture that yeah I'm not going to destroy the stuff you use to survive physically but what these do is they destroy what you need to survive spiritually And oh my goodness. See, all this stuff takes a turn because we're not talking about the physical anymore. We're talking about the spiritual, the supernatural. And a lot of us don't want to even think like that. But that's, you know, when we get to heaven, we're going to have spiritual bodies. We leave this to go into that. And it's real. And so we gotta we gotta think that. So the sixth angel blew his trumpet, and from the altar, you know, the altar has four horns on it, right? It's a big, big, long, rectangular-looking thing, and there is a horn on each altar. Well, on the altar, um in the, there was a voice that said to the sixth angel, release the four angels who are bound in the great Euphrates River. And the four angels who had been prepared, this again is those angels that are not allowed to come out because God binds them, right? And he lets them loose to kill one-third of the population. And the size of their arm is 200,000, right? And one-third of the people on earth were killed with the th- with three plagues fire and smoke burning sulfur and from the mouths of the horses came came from the mouths of the horses the power was in their mouths and in their tails for their tails had heads like snakes and the power to injure people this is what happened with that one right but what's interesting and what we got to see in that was these are the plagues there was three plagues right so these are the things that they release from these people these four angels that were hidden bound in there okay these are more bad presence angels not good angels right that are bound up you know anything we bind in on earth is bound in heaven right this this is stuff we always want to look at, and people want to blame, you know, all oh, the, the plague, the COVID thing. They want to blame the AIDS thing. They want to blame, you know, stuff. God's bringing judgment down and stuff like that. But the reality is, I mean, that is stuff God is trying to awaken us on. He's not punishing people for that. But, I mean, look at stuff that's still... I think bigger than that, and this is my own opinion, is stuff that happens every day. Because really when he's talking about these plagues, he's dealing with everyday issues, okay? And the pandemic just kind of rose, right? AIDS just kind of rose. He doesn't single out people. He, it's a thing that's real that happens every day. So things that happen every day. Racial tension that plagues us every day and we you know what do we do about it we haven't changed much for that and that's what he's talking about here is we don't change but the people who did not die in these plagues still refuse to repent of their evil deeds and turn to god see these evil plagues still go on racial tension still goes on we still deal with that every day massive shootings still go on every day and we don't do anything about it we talk about it but because we don't want to lose our position in our office we you know we let our popularity and our position override what really needs to be done you know and 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 there's just so much chaos in there that we don't we don't repent of these things and change what needs to be changed you know and and i'm going to be first to go out on the limb on that making more gun laws is not going to make it better The people that are doing those things are going to get them no matter what. (laughs) You know, we just got to get smarter, not make things harder. And so, you know, that's the plagues I think he's talking about the everyday issues that we have that we just keep turning our back on and not dealing with. Pandemics, yeah, they're real, they happen, you know. The AIDS epidemic, that happened. and that, But they, it wasn't to single out people. it's was to su- tell us, you know, look, we got to be smarter. And we always have that science that comes and says, okay, this is how we get smarter. The real plague is the plague that we have that happens every day, and we never take care of it. And <laughs> we just turn our back on it. The plague of the church, of the... Division where we say we are saved and sanctified, but then we go in with hard hearts and we cast judgment on each other, and we are, are divisive. And there, you know, the world will never be united as long as the church is divided, because the world is just following suit of what the church is. And a church right now is is there's too much disconnect between the churches and so he's telling us we got to get it together people because we continue to worship the demons and idols made of gold silver bronze stone and wood idols that can neither be seen nor hear nor walk we don't repent of the murders and the witchcraft or the sexual immorality of their thefts And if we put that together and we think about it and we put it in the context of what I just was talking about, I mean, that's real. That's real. Because even, you know, well, the church isn't murdering people. Is it not? Think of the lives destroyed because people get church hurt and they leave the church and never come back and now they won't even give God a chance because the church did something. That's their eternity we're talking about. You know, and the mass shootings is just, that's without said. But in in the racial tension, I mean, come on. That, there's been a ton of life loss in that. And it's all because of the things we want to watch. You know, And the sexual immorality, we see that fall all the time. So this stuff is real, this stuff is complete, this stuff is, but what, you know, remember, it's a third. So the final judgment isn't come yet. That's why it's bits and pieces, that's why we see, you know, what Jesus said in Matthew 24, is one will be taken another one left. So some will be taken, some will be left right if we just amp that up a little so while it's interesting to watch and see it really applies to what is happening today so what's he telling us you got to have that mark well how do i get the mark the mark is asking jesus into our lives and saying, Lord, I just want to be in your presence. I want that mark to show so clearly that I have that relationship with you because I want to be in your presence. Mark me and make me. Remember he said to Mary, since we're on Christmas, favored woman, you have found favor with Christ. Or favor with God, sorry. Sorry. In other words, you have been marked by God to carry his son. I see you, one of my favorite movies, Avatar. People see that God is in you. That's mark enough. That's, that's what he's looking for. So today, as we get ready to embark on this new year, we just celebrated the birth of Christ, man. Let's get our heart marked with Jesus so that it shines all over our face. Lord, we want you in our hearts. We want you as part of our life because we know we can't do it without you. You are the best thing for us and you are the best thing about us. And we praise you and we love you. In Jesus' name, have a great rest of your Tuesday. We'll see you tomorrow. Word of God speak, which you pour down like rain, washing my eyes to see your majesty to be still.